أعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد تلوث جابتدا باب قول, قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رجل آتاه الله القرآن فهو يقوم به آناء الليل والنهار ورجل يقول لو أوتيت مثل ما أوتي هذا فعلت كما يفعل فبين الله أن قيامه بالكتاب هو فعله وقال ومن آياته خلق السماوات والأرض واختلاف ألسنتكم وألوانكم Chapter here then, the statement of the Prophet وسلم, that a man whom Allah gave him Qur'an and so he stands with it during the night and the day in prayer and another man he says, if I was given the likes of what he was given then I would have done what he did and so Allah clarified that the first man standing with the Qur'an, praying with the Qur'an, then that is his action. Al-Sheikh Al-Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala says then, كُلُّ هَذِهِ التَّرَاجِمْ وَالْأَحَدِيثِ يريد البخاري أن يثبت بأن قراءة القارئ مخلوقة وأنها من فعله The point here الإمام البخاري is making is that uh, all of these narrations and these chapter headings they indicate that the recitation of the reader his own voice and his action, his recitation, it is created. His reading, his voice, his vocals, they are created. And so, that is from his action. So when it says in the chapter heading regarding the man who was given the Qur'an and so he stands with it day and night, meaning that he reads it, he stands in prayer with it and this action of him standing in the prayer is his action him reading the Quran is his action so that differentiation that we spoke about before the words themselves the actual Quran that he's reading that is not created but him, his action, his recitation, all of that is created. His voice and his vocals in that recitation. And then it mentions that another man, he says, were I given, if I was given what he was given, then I would do what he does. فَجَعَلَ قِرَاءَةَ الْقُرْآنِ فِعْلًا 
And so the recitation of the Qur'an is here put down as an action. It is his action with his vocals and his voice. وَفَبَيِّنَ اللَّهِ So Allah clarified and in another copy of this book it mentions that it was the Prophet wasallam who then clarified that reciting the book your reciting of it is your action your vocals, your voice, that is your action whereas the words themselves as we said are the Quran, they are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then also there is the ayah, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافُ أَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَأَلْوَانِكُمْ That from his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth, and the differences in your tongues, your languages, and your colors. اختلاف اللسان واللون Differences in your languages and your colors أما اختلاف اللون فهو من فعل الله As for the differences in your colors then that is the action of Allah ولا طاقة لنا به and we have no control over that وَأَمَّا اخْتِلَافُ اللِّسَانِ فَهُوَ مِنْ فِعْلِنَا وَلِهَذَا إِذَا عَاشَ الْإِنسَانُ فِي بِيئَةٍ عَرَبِيَّةٍ صَارَ لِسَانُهُ عَرَبِيَّةٍ وَفِي بِيئَةٍ أَعْجَمِيَّةٍ صَارَ لِسَانُهُ أَعْجَمِيَّةٍ وَإِذَا شَاءَ رَفَعَ صَوْتَهُ وَإِذَا شَاءَ لَمْ يَرْفَعَ واختلاف الألسن كثير منها اللغة ومنها الصوت ومنها البيان والفصاحة ومنها سهولة النطق كل هذا يدخل في قوله واختلاف ألسنتكم وألوانكم So as for the differences in our colors mentioned in the ayah then that is out of our control what color Allah makes us, that is the creation of Allah. But as for the differences in our tongues, then that is from our action. So meaning, if a person lived, for example, in an Arabic environment, then he would grow up speaking Arabic. And if a person lived in a non-Arabic environment, he would grow up speaking that other foreign language that he grows up around. And if a person, and this is also from the differences between the tongues, it's not just languages, if a person raises his voice or a person lowers his voice, that's a difference in tongue. If a person has eloquence when he speaks and another does not that's a difference in tongues even though it may be the same language it could be the same language but one of them has eloquence in that language and the other one does not have eloquence when speaking 
One is eloquent, one is not. That is a difference between their tongues. And also the ease of pronunciation. Not one can pronounce his words clear, and the other one has difficulty in pronouncing his words. One is able to speak with ease clearly, and another is unable to pronounce and to utter those words clearly. These are all different types of differences in your tongues. وقال تعالى وَفْعَلُوا الْخَيْرِ And then Allah says Do the righteousness and the good وَقِرَاءَةَ الْقُرْآنِ مِنَ الْخَيْرِ And reciting the Qur'an is from the acts of goodness So the point again being here That the act of goodness is your action That you're doing whatever those acts of goodness are and one of those acts of goodness is your recitation of the Qur'an upon your tongue. So again, the link is made there uh, regarding the fact that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah uncreated. But your voice, you, your sound, your reading, your vocals, they are created, they are your action. Then قال البخاري رحمه الله حدثنا قتيبة قال حدثنا جرير عن الأعمش عن أبي صالح عن أبي هريرة قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تحاصد إلا في اثنتين رجل آتاه الله القرآن فهو يتلوه آناء الليل وآناء النهار فهو يقول لو أوتيت مثل ما أوتي هذا لفعلت كما يفعل ورجل آتاه الله مالا فهو ينفقه في حقه فيقول لو أوتيت مثل ما أوتي عملت فيه مثل ما يعمل حديث أبو هريرة هذا الرافض صلى الله عليه وسلم said there is no envy except in two no envying anybody except in two affairs a man whom Allah has given him knowledge of the Qur'an, so he recites it in the night and in the day. And the man says, the other one says, if I was given what he is given, then I would do what he does. What is he doing, the other one? Reciting the Qur'an. And the second individual, a man whom Allah gave him wealth, and he spends it in the correct way spends it in the path of Allah so the other one says if I was given what he was given I would do what he does in spending that wealth in the path of Allah the point is clear the first section about the man who is given the Quran the other one says if I was given that then I would do what he does I would do the action that he does and that action is the recitation of the Qur'an. What does the narration mean though generally as a hadith? 
that you're not allowed to envy except two individuals, a man given the Qur'an, i.e. knowledge, and another one given wealth. You're allowed to envy those people, the narration appears to say. So what does that mean? It's allowed to envy a person who's got knowledge. It's allowed to envy somebody who's rich. They're encouraged to compete in doing good deeds. That wasn't the question though. Are you allowed to envy somebody who has knowledge? Are you allowed to envy somebody who has money? So one answer over there is yes, you're allowed to envy them. So I suppose firstly you have to explain the definition of the word envy. Because there are two general definitions in their contexts. The default, you could say, for the definition of the word envy is what? What is hasad? What is envy? How do you define envy? Religiously speaking, I don't know the linguistics particularly. Religiously speaking, in the context of these narrations, etc., what is the meaning of envy? What is hasad? Alright, so you want to have something that somebody else has and you don't want them to have it. Mm. And the other type you're saying is to desire what they have but not to desire that they don't have it. They have it too, but you desire to have it too. And the first type, you desire to have it but you wish that they don't have it. That is the default meaning of envy. That you basically wish that your brother or your sister, that they lose the blessing they've been given. You desire that they lose the blessing they've been given. Why? Because you haven't got it. You see somebody with a blessing you haven't got, so you wish they didn't have it either. You envy them for having that blessing which you don't have. So you wish that they lost it and they didn't have it either because you haven't got it. Or you wish that you could get it and they lose it, they don't have it. Envying a person for something. The scholars, they say, that envy, it began at the time of Adam السلام, in particular with Iblis they say that envy began with Iblis Iblis was the first one to envy he envied Adam السلام, when Allah created Adam السلام, and told the angels to prostrate and Iblis who was not from the angels but he was honored to be amongst them in the heavens so the command applied as a whole 
They were commanded to prostrate to Adam, the one whom Allah had created with his own hands. And so Iblis envied that, that Adam is being given this status and honor and that we are to prostrate to him. And then in the Quran it mentions how he says, I'm better than him, I'm created from fire, he's created from clay. He envied Adam. So Iblis envied Adam and it led to the kufr of Iblis. Then after that they say, the envy occurred in another situation and it led to another crime. That envy was chronologically moving on. The sons of Adam. That one of the sons of Adam envied the other one and ended up therefore killing him. So as Sheikh Al-Fawzan said, the first murder that occurred in mankind occurred as a consequence of envy. Envy led to kufr with Iblis. It led to murder with the sons of Adam. And then the scholars give further examples of what envy did to the people. They give the example of the Jews who envied the fact that the final prophet, the final messenger would not be from there lineage but he would be from the lineage of the Arabs so as a consequence of their envy they concealed the truth that they were aware of so envy led to this action of theirs to their rejection of the truth envy led to the rejection of the truth that they knew and so as Shaykh al-Fawzani mentioned, envy is an old disease throughout history and the corruption that this disease it causes. So that is envy, to dislike the fact that somebody has been given a blessing you don't have and so you wish for that person to lose their blessing because you haven't got it. The other meaning though, it's a different explanation. It is that you see somebody with a blessing and you wish for that blessing for yourself too. But not that you have any hatred for that person who has the blessing or that you desire for him to lose the blessing, but that you desire you had it too so that you could benefit in the same way as he and that is permissible in these two affairs a person has knowledge you have this type of envy that you desire you had knowledge too not that you desire he loses it you desire you have it too so that you may be upon the worship of Allah and upon knowledge in the religion as he is and do the righteous acts etc and similarly, the one with wealth, you have this type of envy, you don't desire he loses it, but you desire you have it too. So that you can also do all of those righteous actions that you can spend in the path of Allah as he spends in the path of Allah. 
Like the narration where it mentions how some of the companions, they came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they said, ذَهَبَ أَهْلُ الدُّفُورِ بِالْأُجُورِ They said, O Messenger of Allah, the rich ones, they are taking all of the reward. They pray, we pray, they fast, we fast. The normal acts of worship a rich and a poor person can all do. But then they added on, on top of all of those, they can do the extra of giving in charity with their wealth, which we can't. So they're saying they are taking all of the reward. They're getting all of these rewards for these actions in their charitable acts. And we can't do that. But then the Prophet ﷺ in the hadith, as you know, explained to them that there are other forms of charity also. So the point here though was that it highlights your recitation is your act, your uh, verbalization, your vocalization, that is your act. But the words themselves are the words of Allah, the Qur'an. In the next narration, the same, Al-Imam Bukhari says, حَدَّثَنَا عَلِي إِبْنَ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا سُفْيَانَ قَالَ الزُّهْرِ عَنْ سَالِمْ عَنْ أَبِيهِ عَنْ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا حسد إلا في اثنتين رجل آتاه الله القرآن فهو يتلوه آناء الليل وآناء النهار ورجل آتاه الله مالا فهو ينفقه آناء الليل وآناء النهار سمعت سفيان مرارا لم أسمعه يذكر الخبر وهو من صحيح حديثه That narration that is exactly the same الشيخ الثمين he says فهو يقول لو أوتيت مثل ما أوتي هذا لفعلت كما يفعل والأول يتلوه آناء الليل والنهار فجعل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تلاوته للقرآن فعلا وفعل العبد مخلوق So that is the same point about your actions are created but the words are the words of Allah Then the shaykh he explains this point regarding hasad uh, and he mentions that hasad is two types as we've already briefly looked at now you have the ghibtah and you have the the hasad of enmity of adwan as for the ghibtah وهو أن يتمنى الإنسان مثل ما أعطيه الآخر فهذا محمود إذا كان في الخير the ghibtah is that you desire the goodness that somebody else has been given to. You don't desire they lose it. Ask Allah to put barakah in for them. But that you desire to have that goodness too. So that you can be upon righteousness with that goodness too. And that is good. That is praiseworthy. Praiseworthy that you desire to have knowledge and that you desire to have wealth so that you can spend it in the path of Allah. That's desirable. You want to do the good deeds. But the second type is the the envy of enmity. Hasad al-udwan, the envy of transgression. فَقَدْ فَصَّرَهُ بَعْضُ الْعُلَمَةِ بِأَنَّهُ تَمَنِّي زَوَالِ نِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ عَلَى غَيْرِهِ This type is that you wish somebody else loses the blessing they've been given. 
قالوا هذا الحسد سواء تمنيت أن تزول النعمة منه إلى غيره أو أن تزول منه إلى غير أحد أو أن تزول منه إلى نفسك Whether you wish that such and such a person loses that blessing and somebody else gets it instead There is somebody else you like So you wish that a person you don't like loses the blessing that they've got and this other one gets it instead that's a type of dispraiseworthy envy that's an envy of transgression you want that person to lose his blessing so that somebody else you want to have that blessing can have it maybe your relative maybe your family member the second type that you wish that person loses his blessing that he's been given full stop that as long as he just loses it you don't particularly care about anybody else getting it that's not the point you just don't want them to have that blessing they've been given that enmity that envy like that or the third may be that you envy that person for that blessing because you want it for yourself you want them not to have it you envy them for having it you want it for yourself you want it to be taken from them and be given to yourself. So in any of those circumstances, whichever it may be, all of those are envy or types of envy that are trans, uh, have transgression within them. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, Al-hasadu kirahatu ma'a'ta Allahu ghayraka min al-ni'am. Is that you hate that Allah has given somebody else some blessing you've not been given it somebody else has and you hate that this other person has been given that blessing you hate that Allah is giving this person these blessings Shaykh al-Islam says, even if it's not even about you wishing they lost that blessing, the very fact that you see your brother, your sister, somebody being given blessings, you just hate that they've got those blessings. It's not even about going beyond that and wishing they lose them, just the very fact that you hate they've got those blessings, you've got that envy, that jealousy that they've got those blessings, you hate that Allah has blessed them with those things, that's enough. Shaykh al-Islam says that there is a definition of it. وَهَذَا أَقْرَبُ فَإِذَا ذَتَمَمْتَهُ بِمَا يُعْطِ اللَّهِ غَيْرَكَ مِنَ النِّعَمِ فَهَذَا هُوَ الْحَسَدِ So if you have this, this grief and this anxiety and this, this feeling on your head, that person has been given these blessings and it's eating you up eating you up that somebody has been given blessings of this, that, the other, then that is envy. This is envy, that evil envy, the bad envy. وَإِذَا فَرِحْتَ بِمَا أَعْطَ اللَّهُ غَيْرَكَ مِنَ النِّعَمْ وَسَأَلْتَ اللَّهَ أَنْ يَعْطِيَكَ مِثْلَهُ فَهَالَ هُوَ حَسَدُ الْغِبْطَةِ But if you are happy to see that another person has been given some blessing, and you ask Allah to be given that blessing too, then that is the envy that is praiseworthy. 
you're happy for that person to have that blessing and you ask Allah to put barakah into that blessing they've been given but then also you ask Allah for yourself and that's what Shaykh Al-Fameen mentioned in some of his other explanations he said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the one who controls everything all of creation everything in the universe the one who can answer the dua of every single person and it mentions in the narration لو أعطى كل واحد مسألته ما نقص مما عندي شيء ذلك الله سبحانه وتعالى answered the dua of every single person what they want gave it to them it would not decrease the kingdom of Allah whatsoever it would not decrease the kingdom of Allah at all إلا كما ينقص المخيط إذا أدخل البحر except like a needle when you put it into the ocean that needle how much water has that needle brought out of the ocean the point is nothing it's brought nothing out that ocean a needle how much water has the needle taken out of the ocean nothing basically so if Allah was to answer the dua of every single person as it mentions in the narration, people, jinn, the first of you and the last of you, the jinn and the humans, if Allah answered every single one, then it wouldn't decrease his kingdom. So as Shaykh Al-Fameen said, if Allah has given somebody a blessing, there is nothing whatsoever that prevents Allah from giving it to you too. Why do you need to hate the fact that somebody else has that blessing or desire that they lose that blessing then you can simply make dua to Allah for that same blessing and ask Allah to put barakah into them and what they've been given that is the one with a sound intellect the one with a pure heart but the one who hates that his brothers or the sisters hates that another person has a beautiful house and they are struggling hates that a person has a beautiful car and they are struggling hates that a person has blessings that a person can treat his family and take his children to places and they are struggling and they cannot and they have a hatred and an envy to those brothers and sisters of theirs there is no need for that and it shows the corruption in the heart ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless you and to make your situation better and easier and there is nothing that prevents Allah from that so a person who understands that will recognize that it is useless and no purpose in hating that another person has a blessing ask Allah for it for yourself and ask Allah to put barakah into them even al-hasadu naw'an hasadu ghibtah wa hasadu idwan فحسد الغبط محمود إذا كان في الخير وهو أن يتمنى الإنسان من الله مثل ما أعطى فلانا وأما حسد العدوان فهو عدوان ولا يجوز وهو من أخلاق اليهود The Shaykh says that having the envy of a person's blessings and hating that they've got them that evil envy that is from the characteristics of the Jews from the characteristics of the Jews to hate the blessings another has been given 
أنكس منشن سورة البقرة ود كثير من أهل الكتاب لو يردونكم من بعد إيمانكم كفارا حسدا من عند أنفسهم that they desire many of them from the people of the book if they could return you back after your iman to kufr envy that they have in of themselves against you that you are upon the truth and you guide the land they have the envy that the final messenger didn't come from their lineage etc this characteristic is from the jews the sheikh mentions here now أحدهما ينفق والثاني لا ينفق والثاني يقول أتمنى أن أكون مثل الذي ينفق ويقول إنما الأعمال بالنيات فهل يدخل في هذا الحديث couple of neighbors one of them he spends in the path of Allah the other does not and the one who does not says I wish that I was like the one who spends and he says indeed in your actions are by your intentions your actions are in accordance to your intentions and he says his intention is that he wishes he could be like the other one who spends الجواب هو تمني أن يعطيه الله مالا فينفقه في سبيل الله so this one is hoping that he's given wealth so that he can spend it in the path of Allah just like his neighbor does even the shaykh says imagine there was a person who was miserly a miserly individual بخيل doesn't spend from his wealth in charity doesn't give it but he says, I wish I could change and be like the generous people who do give. He hopes and wishes to be like those generous who give. Sheikh says that would come into the ribta, a good type of envy. He wants to be like those who have the wealth and give their wealth in the path of Allah. Another point that Imam al-Nawawi mentioned أَنَّ مِنَ الْحَسَدِ الْمَذْمُونَ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ يَتَمَنَّى أَنْ يَكُونَ أَعْلَى مِنْ شَخْصٍ آخَرٍ Al-Imam al-Nawawi said one of the types of the evil envy or the dispraiseworthy envy is that you wish to be better and superior to another person is that type of envy allowed? You want to be better and superior to another person. Somebody has knowledge, you don't just envy that good envy of having that same knowledge as well. You want to be even more than him, better than him. Somebody has wealth, you want to give wealth to, you have that good envy, but you don't just want to have the two billion he's got, you want four billion. You want to be even more richer than him. Is that permissible or not? Or is that dispraiseworthy envy? That you want to now go above and supersede this other individual. It's one thing just wishing to have what he's got so you can do what he does. Now though, it's not just that. You want to be better and more than him. 
And Imam al-Nawawi mentioned that as dispraiseworthy, but the Shaykh says, لا, هذا ليس بصحيح. That isn't correct to say that it's dispraiseworthy. فعمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه تمنى أن ابنه تكلم لما عرض النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن من الشجر شجرة لا يحط ورقها ومثلها مثل المؤمن فقام الصحابة يتكلمون وكل واحد منهم يقول هي كذا هي كذا هي كذا يقول عبد الله بن عمر فوقع في قلبي أنه النخلة ولكن لم تكلم لأني أصغر القوم فلما علم بذلك أبوه تمنى أنه تكلم بذلك فتمني الإنسان أن يكون أعلى من غيره في العلم والمال والكرم والذكاء والعقل والحفظ هذا ليس حسدا So to wish to have more knowledge if you are sincere in your thoughts then that's a good thing to have more knowledge and to have as much knowledge as you can and to be obedient to Allah that's a good thing to have even more wealth if you're sincere in that so you can spend even more in the path of Allah is a good thing there's nothing necessarily bad about that it would only be bad if your intention was bad you just want to be richer than him or you want to uh, be able to have authority over that one and be more knowledgeable than him in those contexts then it's dispraiseworthy but in the pure context of wanting more knowledge to be more righteous etc good in the pure context of wanting more money to spend more in the path of Allah, good. And there's an example mentioned here. When you have that intention of goodness, then good. There's an example regarding Umar ibn al-Khattab and his son, Abdullah ibn Umar ibn al-Khattab. That on one occasion, the Prophet mentioned to them about a tree where its leaves do not fall, and its example is that of the example of a believer. And so the companions began to discuss what is that tree? What is this particular t- type of tree that the Prophet is speaking about here? Some of them said it is this type of tree, it is that type of tree, it is this type of tree. Different trees, oak, fir, whatever, different names of trees. And Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar ibn al-Khattab, he said that it occurred to me it occurred to me I realized that it's talking about the palm tree the palm trees the leaves don't fall the palm trees he said but I didn't say anything I didn't speak up and give that answer and he said the reason I didn't speak up and give the answer is because he was young Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab was young compared to the senior companions he said I didn't speak up because I was the youngest of them all he stayed quiet but then when his father his father Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu found out that his son Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab had known that answer he wished, he had that wish and desire that his son had spoken up. That his son, his son had spoken up and said that. Because then he would have been the one with that knowledge. He would have been the one with that superiority in knowledge. So now there, 
is a desire from Umar ibn al-Khattab for his son to have spoken up and that would have made him at that time superior in knowledge and that's good a desire for goodness a desire for knowledge a desire for having that extra understanding having that memorization having that uh, uh, intelligence having that those characteristics of goodness if it's purely intended and you're sincere in it that's good they are good characteristics final point to mention here is envy then the evil envy a major sin is it a major sin or not al-jawab naam yes it is a major sin the scholars they deem it to be from the major sins to envy a person in that evil way there is a narration even though a shaykh al-albani declared it weak maybe some of the scholars may declare it authentic there is that narration uh, and the shaykh says if it's authentic then the meaning of it is very clear it says be warned iyakum iyakum wal hadath wal hasad be warned from envy iyakum wal hasad fa innahu ya'kul al hasanat kama ta'kul al nar al hatab for indeed it eats up your good deeds just like fire eats up the wood envy eats up your good deeds deteriorates degrades takes away your good deeds just like fire takes away the wood and burns it up so that is very clear in highlighting to you the evils of envy if the sheikh says the hadith is authentic and some scholars do not consider that wording that hadith to be authentic but there is obviously a severe warning in that uh, regarding envy Uh, because in that narration then there is a threat and we know that if you have a type of threat in that narration then it highlights it's a major sin and even if the narration is not authentic we know that this characteristic of evil envy is from the characteristics of the Jews so that in of itself would be considered now as a major sin and that Allah uh, criticizes or dispraises this characteristic of envy uh, and so these would all indicate that this sin is a major sin as well as the shaykh says when you put it alongside the principle of the principle of la yuhibbu uh, la yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibbu li nafsi none of you truly believes i.e. your iman will not be complete until you love for your brother what you love for yourself and that also means that you hate for your brother what you hate for yourself that's a principle in salafiyyah a principle of ahl sunnah obviously if you have envy then you have broken that principle you have broken that clear asr 
That you don't now love for your brother what you love for yourself And you don't hate for him what you hate for yourself You would hate to lose the blessing that he's got But you want him to lose it So the principle isn't there Now you've contradicted it So all of these things would indicate that this is a major sin To envy a person over the blessings that he's been given That's where we'll round off for tonight The new chapter will start next week uh, next week again, inshallah, after Isha. Isha is just 8 o'clock now, whole of winter, I think. Huh? So class will be after Isha for the whole of winter for the next 2, 3, 4 months. Inshallah, after Isha, probably beginning around about 8.25 p.m. roughly, inshallah ta'ala. But basically attend for the Isha. And then after the Isha, prayers will begin, inshallah. Any questions or anything to add? What advice can be given to Muslims who struggle to comprehend that most mosques are upon bid'ah and only a few are upon the sunnah? There's nothing difficult to comprehend about those types of things. The Prophet said, This ummah is going to split up into 73 sects. All of them in the fire except just one. In one version. They said, who is that then? He said that. He said, what I am upon today, my methodology and of my companions. In the other narration when the Prophet ﷺ had that vision or he was shown the previous nations. And he said, فَعَرَضَ عَلَيَّ al that the previous nations were all shown to me. And he mentions, That he saw one of the previous prophets. He was shown one of the previous prophets. And that prophet only had a figure which we say as several. Between three and ten. That's all he had, his followers. Then he said, That I saw another prophet, he did not have except a man or two. The wow in Arabic can be used for oh. That I saw only a man or two with him. One or two followers, that's it. A prophet sent by Allah with revelation. And after all of his da'wah, only one or two people were with him. And then he said, Ahad. That I saw a prophet who didn't have a single follower. So this indicates to you, as the scholars have said, it's not about numbers. Don't think it's about numbers. If it was about numbers, then almost every Muslim country in the world, all of the Muslims, apart from Saudi Arabia, everywhere they have graves and shrines and tombs and they go to them. Now coming up soon. Majority maybe, Allah alam, maybe the majority are going to be celebrating the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ, even though there is no proof of what date the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ is. Maybe the majority are going to be celebrating that. Does that mean the majority is a proof? The majority is not a proof Islamically. The evidences of the Quran and the Sunnah are a proof Islamically, not the majority. It could be 
Like we said in the olden days, in the, the prophets that came before us, Nuh alayhi salam at that time, only a few boarded the ark, all of the rest were drowned. The minority were with him, the majority were not. In many of the other stories of the prophets, it was always the minority with them, the majority against them. So there's no question or there's no issue about the majority of the mosques being upon some type of misunderstandings. They have some misunderstandings of Islam. They don't understand the sunnah properly on certain things. They uh, uh, misinterpret things and they need some guidance on those things. That's common and it is widespread and it may be the majority and it is the majority where they need some help and some guidance with understanding things they've made some mistakes and some of them may be very staunch on those things and so sometimes you have to warn people don't go to a particular place that is how it is but the truth is there and Ahlul Sunnah will remain the Ta'ifatul Mansura up until the Day of Judgment and you continue with your Da'wah but there is no issue of numbers numbers has never been an evidence and it is not an evidence in the religion if Ahlul Sunnah happen to be the majority then Alhamdulillah but if they're not it is not a proof for anything Ibrahim salam was recognized or termed as an Ummah by himself so do not be confused about numbers anything else? So if you don't have a masjid of Ahlul Sunnah in your locality and there's only other mosques where they do uh, misinterpretation of the names and attributes of Allah, then can you still pray there? Uh, the scholars have mentioned you cannot pray in a masjid where they have extreme deviances in aqidah. So they believe in the shafa'ah of the dead, for example. Or if you see Ya Muhammad in their mosques calling upon the Prophet. Certain types of things which indicate an extreme level of deviance in aqidah. That could potentially be considered as an extreme deviance, but it would have to be explained with what the rest of their beliefs are too. That in of itself doesn't necessitate you can't pray there. Because as the scholars they say, it can be due to their, um, their false ta'wil, their misunderstanding of things, their misunderstanding of narrations and etc. And it depends on what the rest of their beliefs are as well. That's just one aspect, what their beliefs are in names and attributes. What is their belief regarding the Prophet ﷺ, regarding shafa'ah of the dead, you know, regarding many other points of aqidah as well. That in of itself, by itself, isn't something that necessitates you can't pray there. But it depends on the rest of the aqidah too. It's hard. I don't know if that can be said, but maybe. Mankind, it's mentioned in the Quran, is created with characteristics of ignorance in us. 
that all of mankind has these characteristics of ignorance in us but the, uh, the point isn't whether you have those characteristics of ignorance in you or that they exist within mankind they exist no doubt كل بني آدم خطاء all of the children of, Bani, uh, of uh, Adam they all make mistakes we all err but the point is whether that person can control those and he can ensure that he repents if he falls into those errors but those types of characteristics they are within mankind uh, as the Sheikh Al-Fawzan mentioned regarding unity that it's a principle we must all unite upon the rope of Allah together he said it's in the natural the default of mankind to differ we have this thing in us that we end up differing with this person and that person having an argument with this person and that person Sheikh Al-Fawzan said it's in the characteristics of mankind but then at the same time we've been told we have to unite and be together so even though that characteristic may be there naturally in mankind this is the test in this world can you control that and stop that and not allow the shaitan to whisper to you down those paths and be united upon the path of Allah whatever the characteristics of evil and whisperings come to us can you stop those and block those and be upon righteousness so you could say in, in default mankind does have characteristics of ignorance in them but then that's the test as well Yeah, there's an element of that which is true because they do mention at the times of the Salaf some of them they used to uh, perhaps put markings on their faces of their children but there is there is explanation about it some scholars may agree with it not to, uh, for, to hide the beauty of their children so they don't get envy an evil eye but uh, whether that's acceptable or not and scholars may differ over it the, the default with your blessings is that you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for your blessings you are grateful for those blessings and you show the blessings of Allah upon you but if a person is gonna conceal his children fearing envy I don't know if that's something valid to do to hide your children from others or to hide I mean, a person may hide and not show certain things of the blessings he has just from his character and his modesty. He doesn't want people to see that he's been blessed with a, a free company latest phone worth 2,000 pounds. He doesn't want to show people that because people are going to say, mashallah, this, that, the other. He, he, just his modesty, he doesn't want people to see that. Other things maybe from his modesty, he doesn't want people to know. Maybe he's got a salary, mashallah, he's getting 100,000 a year. But he doesn't tell anybody that he doesn't want people to know he's getting that type of money from his modesty and humbleness. There could be those types of uh, explanations to certain things. But I don't know how applicable that would be to saying that you're going to hide your children away from people because you fear their envy. Allah Alam. Uh, Shaykh Al-Fameen here indicates that it wouldn't necessitate a restriction to those two but that anything that generally falls into that idea that you are envying the good envy of some goodness that you see that you want to have that goodness so you can be upon that goodness
Now, generally, it may come into that's what his speech here indicates. The narration highlights those two examples specifically, and it says nothing except in those two, but we know sometimes a narration can come in that way to highlight the most or the highest level of it occurs in those things, and that in the lower level of it, it can occur in other things. That's what his speech seems to indicate here. Last question then. If somebody says he's not a believer, he's not a believer. And they have the wealth, and uh, you have that envy. And, uh, if they didn't have it, is that envy as well? It is envy too. A kafir has been given wealth. What is your problem that he's got wealth? <laughs> and you're going to envy him and oh, wish he didn't have it because you want to buy the house that he's got next door. But it's still envy. A person's got something. And for them, it's a test anyway, it's a trial upon them anyway, it's istidraj, unless they return and come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a test upon them anyway. It's a trial upon them that they're given all these blessings anyway. So it would still generally come into the same thing. You wouldn't do that. We'll have to round off on that, then we'll carry on next week after the Isha prayer, inshaAllah ta'ala.